This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to the inspirational, informational, and transparent Aviation Careers Podcast. My name is Carl Valeri, and I am joined by Robert Geyer, who uh, has been on the show quite a few times and has helped us, done a lot in the past with recruiting, etc. Today, uh, before we get started and bring Robert on, I want to talk about a couple of things. Number one, uh, the scholarships guide. Uh, first of all, I know I mentioned a lot about it, and we've been selling a lot since uh, since Sun and Fun. And I want to. There's a couple of things when we uh, we made a few mistakes, and we're kind of uh, fixing those. First of all, the scholarships guide online. It's available again. It's only ten dollars. And uh, remember, before it was ten dollars a month, and then you could get access to the scholarships guide and all the courses. Well, many of you said. No, I just want the scholarships guide without the courseware and all the other courses that we have. It's like, okay, we'll do it for $10, and that's for the whole year. You have access to all the updates on the scholarships guide. So you go online, you sign up either through our courses or click on scholarships at Aviation Careers Podcast. It's really easy to do. Uh, so if you purchase the Amazon Kindle version or if you purchase the Apple iBook version, send me a digital receipt to feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com, and we'll give you one-year access from the date of purchase uh, so that you have access to all those updates. That's how we're going to fix this thing. Remember before I said that if you purchase those, you'll get updates all year long? Well, uh, now I realized uh, as far as the uh, Amazon that they only let you see the version that was the most recent when you purchase it, and then you have to repurchase it again to get all the updates throughout the year. So I was like, okay, that's not going to work. And then the iBook uh, in the Am- Apple, excuse me, Apple Store, if you purchase it in the Apple Store, you do get all the updates uh, for that uh, for that version. You know, say the 2018. So it's good through the end of the year. So what we did to write this is we said, okay, anybody who's purchasing the 2018 book on Amazon or in the Apple Store. Instead of muddying the waters, we're just gonna. You send us your your receipt, your electronic receipt. We'll set up uh, the uh, the account online for a year from date of purchase, and that's the scholarships guide online. The easiest way to rectify this: get the scholarships guide online version. It includes the chapters and also the whole scholarships guide, and it's easy to read. It's in PDF format, and we update it continually. Uh, and we'll tell you uh, next time we update. As a matter of fact, uh, this is going out uh, in, on Monday, and when you read, the, or excuse me, here when you hear this podcast, it will have been updated. Uh, anyway, just go to aviationcareerspodcast.com, click on scholarships. Uh, also, don't forget we have all the courses, uh, the pilot jobs book, and all the other courses, and, and we're finishing up the technical interview questions guide. We're also going to be doing the personnel interview guide, and of course, there's coaching out there. All those can be found online, uh, aviationcareerspodcast.com slash courses. You can click on the courses tab, uh, aviationcareerspodcast.com slash coaching, if you want to figure out you know, a plan to move forward in your career. So that's the best way to do is find that there. But anyway, um, before we get started today, one thing I, I was remiss in the past few weeks in our podcast is I kind of like to talk a little bit about something that was kind of cool that I did flying and also something that was a bit of a challenge. And the reason we're doing this is we want to kind of bring you into this this career of aviation. And this is, includes all people in all 
portions of, of the aviation career. So I'm going to kind of start with my, uh, with my, you know, story and then maybe, uh, you know, Robert might have one himself, but I, I got a good and a bad this week. Uh, by the way, I was off for five full weeks and that was awesome having all that time off to kind of fit, get my head around this whole problem we were having with the scholarships guide. It's a cool thing about being an airline pilot. You get to take a lot of time off if you you adjust your schedule properly. I did some proper scheduling and then taking a vacation all in one and was able to get the five weeks off. Um, so that was one cool thing. But the real cool thing is, um, you know, I, I go to over to uh, Puerto Rico quite a bit. So I went to San Juan and San Juan, it, well, just in general, Puerto Rico has been having a lot of problems and, um, you know, electricity and stuff like that. But they've got a lot of things settled. And what they've done is a lot of people have generators, et cetera. And old San Juan is kind of many of the shops are up and running. But since the storm, a lot of new businesses have gone in and new restaurants and bars and things like that. So I got to instead of going to the gym, what I do is I take an Uber down to the bottom to the cruise port. And I just keep walking up and down and up and down until I burn all my calories. You know, I got one of those you know apps that tells you how many steps you have and how many calories you burn, and and did that. And one one of the cool things is going to see the old, um, you know, the old fort, and it, it really was wonderful to be able to relax and and hang out there. Now the downside was, that, and from there we flew up north uh, and uh, up to Newark, New Jersey. And on the arrival, people were complaining down low. It was really bumpy. Uh, and and here's here's the downside to the job. When we landed, we had quite a bit of cleaning up to do. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, I don't want to get too graphic, but we had to close one of the restrooms because we were storing all the the you know air sickness bags. I guess is the best way way to say it in the back lab. And we had so many of them, we had to lock them in the back there. And it took us quite some time to to actually clean up the plane. So there's the there's the glory going to visit all these wonderful places. But when things get bumpy, uh, it can be quite a mess in the back. Uh, well, anyway, that was my story, and I want to welcome Robert Geyer to uh, back to the show today. Robert, man, uh, I know you, you couldn't top that story. I, I probably right of of walking around old San Juan. Uh, yeah, howdy, howdy, Carl. Hey. Uh, that was a that was a good one. I, <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a uh, lab full of six sack either, so I'm not even going to attempt to, oh, to top on. that one. <laughs> well, you know, I know you've gone to some cool places, and I I'm, I'm just kidding. I know you've had some wonderful experiences, but uh, that actually was pretty extreme. Uh, I haven't really seen that happen uh, in a long, long time, and and uh, it was too bad because. Uh, you know, it was such a beautiful day, a beautiful flight, and of course we get down really low, and it's really, really bumpy. And most people just remember the last part of the flight, unfortunately, huh? Yeah, yeah. But uh, that's cool. At least San Juan was good to you, though. Um, oh yeah, yeah. That's, beautiful place. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, I, I like you. I've been off for I don't know uh, a good couple weeks. Uh, I had I had a trip that I was supposed to fly at the beginning of the month. I'm on vacation as well. And after my last trip, I got home and I slept for from like 6 p.m. to 7 in the morning. And uh, I ended up getting a flu. Uh, I p- must have picked it up on the road. So I had to call in sick for that one trip. Uh, and I ended up picking up a trip later on in the month, uh, just a two-day. But that's pretty much it. My, my whole flying has been uh, been kind of uh, on a down low uh, i haven't been doing it as much so <laughs> i don't have any cool stories 
Well, that, that's interesting that you uh, calling in sick. That's kind of something we can talk a little bit about. Is um, it's different at every airline the way that they and this is for all employees the the way that they treat sick time. Some airlines have sick time, some have paid time off, and stuff like that. Uh, I know that uh, I've been at, in many different airlines, and they have all done things differently. And for instance, some have sick time in a bank, and you can use that bank up of your sick time. Some have a big pool of time off. Uh, and you can draw from that time off, whether it's sick time, whether you just want to get rid of a trip, or whether you want to go on vacation. It all comes from that same pool. So uh, that's something else you can look at online and check it out. There's some websites that actually really describe those well. Uh, there's lots of good stuff out there as far as comparing those. Um, but uh, it's not the only thing because here, here's the caution I have, and, and Robert can back me up on this. When you're comparing contracts at airlines, just remember that can always change. I know, Robert, I think it was either with the airline you were working for, before you got hired or after you got hired, uh, your contract changed. And your life changes, doesn't it, Robert? I mean, it just it changes dramatically once you're, you have a new contract. Yeah, it sure does. And, um, you know, we had uh, – I it, so interestingly enough, that first airline I, I worked for had the same con- – as a contract that was uh, amended in 2004 – and that was the same contract I worked under my entire time at that airline. However, uh, we went through a lot of ups and downs. And so there, in 2008, when the airlines took a hit, we took pay cuts and stuff. And that was just a letter of agreement um, that was, you know, an amendment to the contract that was voted on by the pilot group. So it was still the same contract, but things like pay rates and a couple other little things changed. And then... Uh, there's also some things that were voted on by the pilot group and also the union later on that made it for the better. But it was very interesting. Technically, it's the same contract because we're in negotiations for, oh, man, five or six years. They're still negotiating when I left. But there's different little parts of the contract that were amended and changed throughout the life of, of when I was there at that airline. So kind of an interesting deal. So I'm glad you brought that up, the fact that they've been negotiating and for so many years. People don't realize we're under the Railway Labor Act, so we can't just up and strike. Uh, there's a process to that. And uh, it's, a, it's a longer process than you realize. So it's not like other jobs where you don't have a contract. Uh, you, you don't keep working with us. Uh, we actually have to keep working until there's an impasse and then there's a formal process and then we can possibly either go on strike, et cetera. So uh, it, it's quite interesting how it all works out. We're not going to go that much in inside baseball, but uh, but it is fascinating for some people and they make a living just on, on that whole law and that part of it. But uh, anyway, so that was a good and bad of, of the flying and I'm glad you brought up the sick time because it is different at different airlines. Um, but in general, uh, you just want to look over some portions of the contract. I get this a lot, so I'm just going to say this. A lot of people ask, "Isn't there is there a place where you can compare all the different contracts?" And I'm going to say, not really. There are some that are general. Yes, there's a lot of good general comparisons, but contracts can be 800 pages long. And if you want to compare all those different contracts and have a, a, a actual a knowledge, an in-depth knowledge of all those. Good luck. I mean, you really need to go ahead and find somebody at that airline to read that contract. 
But uh, yeah, there's a lot of good general stuff out there. So, and, and you know where to find all those, and uh, it, you know, Airline Pilot Central, that kind of thing. They have a pretty good overview on their page, on the free page on the front. So, um, but anyway, let's move on to questions here, since we uh, took a little while to open up. Uh, first question comes in, says, "Hey, sir, love your podcast. This morning on my way to class, I was listening to your most recent episode, and the first question you addressed dealt with using the VA's vocational rehabilitation benefits. I'm actually doing that right now at a community." college. I exhausted all of my post 9-11 GI Bill benefits on a bachelor's in criminal justice. I realized that criminal justice career field wasn't for me, so I decided to chase my real passion of becoming a commercial pilot. From what I understand, you're required to have your private pilot certificate before taking advantage of the benefits of having your instrument and commercial rating covered by the VA. However, at some schools, the VA will actually cover your private as part of the curriculum. That's how many veteran services directors at the school explained it to me. So long answer short, yes, you can use your voc rehab benefits for flight school. With that said, many VA counselors aren't very knowledgeable with the rules and regulations regarding flight school. So doing your own research and homework is basically a must. Boy, I tell you, I'm glad you really said that because it it is true. Excuse me. I hope this helps. I'm in no way an expert on this, but I am currently enrolled in an aviation technology program at a community college with the VA paying for my ratings through vocational rehabilitation. Feel free to contact me if you need more information. I can touch base with the veteran services director here at the school. He's extremely knowledgeable and has a huge help when I was applying. So voc rehab is something a lot of people don't have much experience in. And and we have, and I have reached out, and there's some people that will do want to come on. That The problem is when we start getting to the nitty-gritty of the private, uh, sometimes uh, some of the folks that you think have the knowledge, just like you mentioned, don't. Uh, but yes, you can through voc rehab do that, and I know people doing it right now. Uh, but it's a whole different process, so so make sure you do know that. So anyway, good question, uh, and I appreciate that. We will have someone possibly on that's a uh, you know an expert in vocational rehab, and that's through the VA, and uh, and of course the post 9/11 GI Bill and <clears throat> all the veterans benefits that we talked about in a previous episode about them not paying for your private. Uh, it does pay for your private, but at certain schools, it's just been very limiting to the number of schools that allow it. So there's many ways around that. Um, you know, the Forces to Flyers program we've been talking about, that's not out yet. So hang in there. Keep looking. A great way is look for the scholarships for the private and then go forward from there. There's or- lots of organizations out there uh, that will help you. And, uh, you know, I'm a member of the American Legion. They have tons of scholarships. I'm trying to push them to, to move towards to- uh, scholarships for our veterans for the private pilot certificate. Anyway, let's move on to the next question here. Um, <clears throat> let's see. It says, hi, Carl. Enjoyed your content. I was wondering, I'm new to aviation and, and just getting started and get interested uh, and was wondering, you guys talk a lot about the regionals, corporate, and major airlines. What about UPS and FedEx? Uh, Robert, this is kind of funny, I think, because when, when you and I hear that, we, we realize, yeah, that is a major airline. And I guess, in general, um, there's kind of two different cargoes uh, that, that we talk about. But we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Anyway, uh, he continues, I would like to hear more information on, on the you know FedEx and UPS. And if you know of any guests that you know uh, have more uh, – knowledge about cargo flying i'd love to have them on if that's what it's called freighter or cargo it's it's interesting it, they call cargo uh and a, there's two different things people talk about they talk about 
cargo like to gain experience and that means flying small planes and flying cargo flying checks you've heard that in the past and then there's cargo like the ups and the fedex and those are the premier jobs a lot of people would rather go there than the deltas and united's americans because their pay is so high so uh, this is kind of uh, FedEx and UPS is, is one of those, you know, way, way up there on the scale. And we kind of loop them in with some of the legacy carriers and as far as the type of job, that kind of thing. Um, he continues, and then we'll talk a little bit with Robert about this. I'm thinking about uh, a school like an all ATPs uh, or other routes, but however, I'm 39 and going on 40 this year. So maybe too late for me, but anyway... Uh, great podcast and keep up the great work. I wouldn't say it's too late for you, um, especially now with all the hiring that's going on. You still have some years ahead of you. Uh, you got about 25 years. And with that said, uh, no matter what, your age is a limitation. It's a limitation for me, too. Uh, you know, I got started later on, and, and I know the limitations there. But still, it's a great job. Even if uh, if you go to a major and never make uh, captain, the pay is great. The benefits are great. It's a lot of fun, and I think that's really what we're is important. What we're pushing here. So anyway, uh, Robert, going back to that, you and I both know some people that work for both those companies. And when you heard this question, I, I'm, I'm figuring you got kind of the same feeling I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. That's uh, they're definitely like you said, we're are very highly coveted, highly coveted jobs. Yeah, I know. Uh, when we talk about uh, jobs and pay. They're like in the top, uh, the UPS and the FedExes. And we're talking for the major uh, side of it. You see some UPS feeders and some FedEx feeders out there uh, that we know people work for. But, uh, man, they, they have some awesome, awesome flying. And, uh, you know, we both know people that work at both of those. As a matter of fact, I got to interview the, uh, the uh, vice president of flight ops at FedEx when he was donating an airplane uh, over at Sun and Fun, really nice guy, and and yes, we'll try to have some of those folks on too. We're trying to get some fe- people from uh, these organizations on. Uh, they have all have incredibly busy schedules, but uh, I get to talk to a lot of them offline. So um, what we may wind up doing is I may we may be asking them questions and then just kind of reading their answers on here. So uh, because you got to remember, I know Robert and both you and I know this that. Uh, you know, you you represent the airline you work for. That's another reason we don't talk about who we work for is because Correct. everything we say, <laughs> it represents that airline. You know, we are the ambassadors for that. And and, uh, I, and I know to get somebody on that works for those companies, they have to go through the corporate communications department. And, and Robert, I can't speak for your airline. I know mine. If I say something in public, I have to make sure that it goes through our corporate communications before I represent them. I'm sure yours is the same way, too. Absolutely. So you'll never hear me say anything about my particular airline uh, by name. You know, I'll talk about the quality of life and stuff, but I will never uh, speak or even pretend to speak on behalf of my airline because I, I don't I'm not authorized to do that. And so I just won't do it. Yeah. Now, with that said, uh, my airline follows me and a lot of guys do with the airline, you know, what I do here and they they're very supportive of what I do. So uh, hats off to them for that. Um, And they love the fact that we really help a lot of people uh, get to their goals at the airlines, especially this through the scholarships book. Boy, that thing has and that's been one of my most exciting projects in life is is really help people pay for for things. And I, I think that's cool. But if I go out and I've seen this happen. I go out and say, hey, my airline, I don't like my airline, and I don't like what they're doing, and, and say bad things about my airline. Obviously, they're going to come to me and say, hey, 
if you don't like it here, why don't you go somewhere else? Right. <laughs> right. And, and it exactly. has happened. <laughs> so, so it, it's very logical, right? I mean, so, and I hear this all the time is like from, from people and I've seen it happen where people have actually been fired for saying things, especially in social media and, and on podcasts. And, uh, it really is tough. Uh, you know, you have to be very careful how you tread there. Uh, so it's a little different, isn't it? Uh, it is. Yeah. And so it's like, that I guess our listeners know that our opinions are, are our opinions and not on behalf of who we work for. And that's why I try to keep stuff personal. But, oh, yeah, I had this experience or that experience. But exactly, you don't want to say things in particular about the particular company you work for. No, no. That's uh, Thanks for the disclaimer, by the way. It was, it was, yeah, it, not a problem. Yeah, yeah we, and we, we, I, I hate using disclaimers, but it happens, you know, and that's, that's the way it goes. But one of the things that I, I think is really cool though about the airline is that you are part of this bigger team i mean part of that is is a hindrance for you in life in general uh and you have to be kind of careful what you do what you say especially in uniform uh when i'm in uniform everything i say is on behalf of the airline so if i tell you hey listen we are delayed because of this then i'm speaking on behalf of the airline and you have to be really careful because if you know you want to be very open and honest with the passengers and say, hey, this is what's going on, because if you're not, it'll come back and bite you. So just uh, a word of caution there. And also a word of caution. I know, uh, I'm Robert, I'm sure it's true at, at your airline, all the airlines I've worked for, is there's certain words you just don't use in public. And, oh, you know, yeah. Yeah, like the B word, you know, or... You know the bomb, bu- 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 <laughs> bomb. <laughs> and you never say thunderstorms on a PA. It's rain no. showers. We're going around rain showers. Yeah, but few, I, few you, you know, so a funny story about that. If, if you have a second, yeah, let's hear it. Um, I was on a van um, with a, another pilot at my airline, and we had both worked for our previous airline together. And so it's kind of a reunion of sorts. And we were talking about, hey, did you know this person or that person? And I didn't realize this lady was listening. Uh, to our conversation, I go, oh, yeah, he was one of the downgrades in, uh, when 2008 hit. Like, he downgraded with me or whatever. And so I'm, I'm, I didn't think anything of it. You know, we're just talking shop. Nothing about safety, nothing about, you know, really had nothing to do about anything. But the term downgrade really bothered this lady because she didn't understand it. And I understand. Like, I, I wouldn't understand it either if I wasn't in the industry. So she goes, wait, you all – like you're scaring me. What does that term? What what does downgrade mean? And I go, oh ma'am, it means you know. So I had to explain what it meant. I meant you know, there's only a certain number of captain slots available, and it's all off seniority. And when something happens in the economy, the airline shrinks, and then you're kind of it's like musical chairs, and you don't have a seat because you're too junior to hold one. So Ayla, it was this whole can of worms. So yes, be careful what you say, because everybody in the public is listening to you. We weren't talking about any anything safety related or anything, but this poor lady got so nervous over our conversation. Once we explained it to her, she was fine. But you just really got to be careful what you say in public. That was an awesome example, actually, because that here's something very benign, you know. And you're talking about a downgrade because of your seniority, and now you had to go and explain that because if the general public thinks downgrade, well, what did you do wrong? You know, it's right. like being fired. And no, that's not how it works in aviation. It doesn't matter your qualifications. It's only based on your seniority, period. You know, and, and that's where where they don't get that. And I wasn't even thinking twice about it. I, no, wasn't, I mean, no. I, there, was no, there was no ill intent in the conversation or anything. So I felt bad because I got her all, all, all upset. But then when I explained it to her, she was okay with it. But I was going, oh, man, I really got 
you really do got to watch what you say. So. Oh yeah, yeah, and the, and the other thing you don't do is hey, let's go get a beer after the flight. You know, it's like really, you know, in uniform. I've I've heard people do that. It's like, <laughs> gosh, come on, you know. And and of course, if you're out at a restaurant and having an adult beverage, it's probably a good idea not to tell people you got to get a early and go fly in the morning. Uh, there's there's a lot of it, you know it's just some people just don't think and uh, so when you're out don't don't look like you work for an airline etc and I know people love to tell them you know, how do you know that there's an airline pilot in the room they'll tell you you know it's not it's never a secret but you know I, I try as hard as I can not not to say much there because you know you're sitting get this if you're sitting there having a glass of wine with dinner just think about this scenario you're not going to fly for another day and a half. It doesn't matter. The perception is you're drinking and you're about to go fly. So right. be extremely careful what you say. Um, I, I would love to go. You know what? I'm going to go to my airline and teach. I would love to teach a class on what to do and what not to do. I mean, I hear, <laughs> I hear so many stories through this podcast, which is so cool to, to, to use these examples because it, it helps you learn what not to say and what not to do in public. Um, and, and a good example, and I... Uh, this is this is an interesting one that hit home you know i'm i'm flying with somebody and you know obviously a friend and uh we're sitting in the seat i'm in uniform and the friend looks out the window says is that broken it's like oh no you didn't just say that you know in flight and that's one of those words you just (laughs) don't don't use it's like no, it's not, was the immediate answer. No, everything's <laughs> fine. It's because all of a sudden people looked at me, and it's like, oh, my God. Uh, you you really, you know, if you see a pilot sitting there, and the pilot looks out the window and says, oh, my gosh, that's broken, what are you going to think? You know, I'm going to think, oh, my gosh, something's broken, you know, and as a, as a passenger in the back. So, again, another example of what, what not to say. You are under a microscope when you have that uniform on. Uh, so oh, you better believe it. Oh. Uh, and even you know walking through the terminal, uh, you you turn on a different face, a happy face. Someone asks you for directions, you know you you tell them, hey, you know it's right over here. Even if someone asks you where gate one is, and they're standing under the sign that says gate one, you point at the gate and say, there's gate one's right there, ma'am or sir, you know, and then go on, keep going. Don't turn and like some people say, what are you kidding me? Gate one's right there. Can't you read? No, that's not how you do it. You know, there's there's many ways around this, and honestly, they do a little bit of training at the airlines, but but I could they could spend hours and hours and hours. You know, just think. That's all. It, it's it, I know it's hard to do sometimes because you want to turn off your your airline persona and then your other persona, and uh, it kind of it makes my wife mad. By the way, because oh, like, yeah, sometimes she's like, I said, listen, you know, we're in public again. I'm in uniform. Let's. We we can't act like we do when we're hanging around, you know, on the boat or whatever. We gotta I gotta act differently, obviously, and uh, because they're looking at me for direction. So, uh, so somebody's like, oh, I don't like this. You know, it's not very relaxing. So when we travel for vacation, you know, I'll I'll definitely make sure I don't have anything that shows that I work for the airline, so we can just kind of relax and and stuff like that. Um, another thing too, and this is our our last example is. One of the things I, I feel is not a great idea, and I'll get some feedback from people on this one, I'm sure. Some people take half their uniform off and like their shirt or whatever, and I can still see that they're an airline pilot. Maybe they'll just take their epaulets <laughs> off, and they'll start maybe having a beer or something. Bad idea. Uh, if you're going to do that, make sure you go change. I mean, I change both my pants and my shirt, and I have nothing that shows I work for an airline. Uh, and then go back, you know, and if I'm going to go out and relax, et cetera, that type of thing. So that, that's really important uh, to that's do that. funny <laughs> you bring that up because I've, 
I've come home from work and my wife's like, hey, can you stop by the store and get something? And one time I was walking. I was like, oh, I want to pick up like, uh, you know, I don't I don't drink heavily, but I do drink every once in a while. I'll have a beer, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I, I go to that aisle to go get something uh, to take home with me. And I'm like looking, I'm going, oh, wait, no, I'm not I'm not going to go down this aisle right now. I'll come back. <laughs> I'll come back on a different trip because I was in, you know, I was like you're saying half dressed down. So, I right. just, you know. I'm sure people could tell that as a pilot uniform, although I didn't have my stuff on. Right. So e- even that, you just you just got to be careful. You are under a microscope. Yeah. So. And and be careful when people say to you, "Hey, well, you've been drinking before the flight." I mean, in public, like, "Oh, I oh, saw you at the bar," and, I, and I've seen that happen. And I had it happen yesterday. Had uh, or was it yesterday two days? I can't remember now. I did a red eye, but anyway, a guy says, "Oh, is that gin you have in your hand?" And I'm like, "Oh my god!" Because I had a bottle. And I'm in uniform, oh. so I I actually I, I luckily I figured it out real quick, and I said, "Oh, wait a minute! I see where this is going." I held it up to him. I said, "No, nope, it's it's a bottle of water." You know, it said it said whatever that that water is that Coke has, but anyway, uh, and it was a bottle <laughs> of water, and uh, and and he's he's like, "Oh, good." I was like, "God, I can't believe he just can you." It's like really for real because they don't get it. The bastards don't get it. If, no. if there's any question, we're done. We are pulled off the flight, and we got to go. And your adult flight's going to be delayed for quite some time. I got to go get a drug test. You know, we got to make sure that that all this is uh, is on the up and up. So anyway, I dig- we digressed a little bit on that, but that's that's part of that <laughs> whole scenario of you got to really think on your feet because if someone says, you know, hey, is that gin? You know, you better be say no. That's water. You know, right away. And because uh, all the other people standing around you, even though that guy's joking. The other people standing around you are like, wait a minute, why is the pilot holding a bottle of gin? It's not a bottle of gin, it's a bottle of water. So now if there's any question as to whether that was gin or water, the first thing you do is, hey, guys, we got to go get a drug test. And, uh, you know, that not that wild how people, they, and I get it, they're not, just like, you know, we're not used to it in the beginning in this career that we say silly things. Uh, and But everything you say is really, really important. I think the worst I had was I had an inebriated passenger try to hand me a beer. Uh, while we were sitting, up, I was waiting to go down to the plane. I'm like, uh, no, sir, I can't. I cannot do that. No. <laughs> he's just had me hold it because he's digging through his bag. But I was like, I- I'm not touching that. I'm sorry. No, because so, what'll happen is someone will take a picture of you holding that beer and say, look, here's a pilot that's been drinking. So, oh yeah, and you have to, like I said, you got to be really careful. Now, hopefully, we're not turning anybody off to this career. We're just, you know, telling people what's important and and how to act in front of passengers. But th- you got to think. You really got to think on your feet. There's there's a lot going on there. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. Anyway, hey, we got one more one more question we can do here, and this is really important because. Uh, um, so let's move on, uh, and we'll I'll, we'll do a whole episode. We almost did about how to act as an airline <laughs> pilot. And maybe we'll, we'll have talking points because I'm sure there's other things we could talk about. But um, <laughs> that'd be a fun one. Actually, it really would. I, you know, I would what? enjoy I, that. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna actually I should do a whole class on it and just put it on the, on the website because I think it really is important. You know what you need to do, and there's somebody that came out with a video. I have to go find it. You know, I think it was a sporties video that talked about how to act as an airline pilot, etc. And I think that's it's really important because nobody gives us this training. So hey, here's a good one. Let's do that. Um, anyway, let's do our, our last question here, and this is really, really important. It kind of is the the theme of this this podcast here today, uh, and it, it continues or it starts here. Someone writes in, "This is my first episode, and I'm so glad I found your podcast." A little bit about me. I'm 42, finished my private back in August, and have enrolled in an online aviation program using a flight training agreement at my local airport. 
And for those that don't know, a lot of these online schools um, have agreements with local training schools. So you don't do, you do your college degree all online and you do all the flight training portion of it at your local school. A lot of that training at the local school, like the ground school for say the private, the instrument and the written exam, that counts toward your, towards your university degree many times, most of the time I should say. And then you get a degree from this program. Um, Utah Valley University, I actually used to represent at the school I was at. There's lots of other ones. Liberty is one. Uh, Embry Riddle has them online, etc. So that's just a little background on that. Anyway, uh, this person continues. Flying has always been of interest to me. I strongly considered Embry Riddle out of high school, but my parents frowned on any idea of flying and thus became a math teacher. I'm not sure where my aviation career is headed. At the very least, I want to use my summers off and weekends to be a CFI and teach others. I enjoy teaching, and being a certified flight instructor is a perfect mix. Depending on where I am in my teaching career, I may leave education and attempt to fly for a living, although I'm concerned about my age. Any advice you can provide would be great. You know, in, in episode 68, and, uh, you mentioned a question about the VA vocational benefits. This may not be exactly the same, but I'm using my VA post-911 GI Bill to pay for my schooling. And once, um, once you have your private, the VA will cover the rest as long as it's part of a degree program. Thanks again for the podcast. I'll be working backwards and get caught up. I'm excited to learn from your experiences. Thanks for that. By the way, uh, what we were talking about, the vocational uh, rehabilitation benefits is what we were talking, not just vocational benefits, but vocational rehabilitation benefits. And uh, as far as the benefits in general, the vocational benefits, uh, yeah, the, there's, uh, again, in your situation is a good example. Once you have your private, the VA will pay for that. There are some scholarships coming up. Uh, there's also the Forces to Flyers program that's coming up. It's going to be too late for you, obviously. To your age question, you're 42. Uh, just remember that airlines are not everything. Uh, I know we talk about it a lot here. Uh, it's changed direction. We used to talk about gaining experience going and flying cargo and things like that. You know, cargo meaning boxes for a small freight company, not the big UPS and FedEx like we talked about. But now, because of the fact that the airlines are heavily recruiting, a lot of times it's best to really just go to a regional, just go, actually, to go to a regional and build your hours because of the fact you can get on so much quicker than you used to in the past. Remember when I started um, flying, to get on a regional, you had to have 5,000 hours. And 5,000 hours nowadays will get you on with a legacy airline. Uh, so it, it's really, really changed the number of hours you need. Uh, you know, the old joke, you need 12,000 hours of perfect tan and three moon landings to get a job. That's not true anymore. Uh, because of the, the demand right now for pilots. So yes, you could get on with, say, a regional and then move on into other careers in aviation like the corporate uh, and, and the, colli the collegiate uh, section of it. But one thing that's cool about you and you talked about is, number one, you're a math teacher. You know how to teach. So obviously you can place out of the fundamentals of instructing exam, um, and you'll get that towards you know as you move on in your career. But the, the neat thing is we really need good teachers out there. And so I would really encourage you not just flying for, say, an airline, but maybe get involved in the collegiate world and getting involved in education. Just like, you know, Eric Crump is a really good example, and I kind of wish he was here to listen to this one today uh, and be on the podcast. And we may talk about that again is, is looking at a career as a flight instructor. And I love how you, you worded this, is that you're looking at your summers off and weekends and work as a CFI. I think that is really commendable that you would do such a thing. And 
And I hope you never give up flight instructing. And, you know, I, I haven't. I love teaching, whether it's on the college level or doing classes online or just right here, trying to help people understand different concepts uh, with their career. Absolutely love doing that. And also, obviously, with Stuck Mike, where we get kind of technical into things uh, like IFR and things like that, BFR flying. It is so much fun teaching, and I, I really think it's su- such a neat world. And even in the airline world, you can become a teacher. But as far as a CFI, think about this. Um, you can actually become a flight instructor, and you can teach people how to fly an airplane. And that is, like, totally cool. That is one of the most exciting things I've ever really done in my flying life is I still remember all of my students and how amazingly exciting it was the first time they solo, when they got their certificate, their first cross country, the first time they saw a sunset or a sunrise from the air, the first day they realized that, you know, I can use this airplane to go places and I can go there quicker than an airline and I can go to places that you can't get to with an airline. Some really unique flying. I can go over to the Bahamas. I can go to the islands. I can go to the mountains. It's The world is endless when you're flying a small airplane. And the thing that the flight instructor does is it enables those people to actually fulfill that dream. And these are people that may never even think about going on to the airlines. These are people that are just flying because it's their dream. It's my dream. I get to do it all the time, which is really cool. Remember I said I have five weeks off. I couldn't wait to get back to work. And it was just... The, the coolest thing to go fly over the islands and, and look at all the different wonderful colors and the blues, et cetera, and land in this gorgeous place and go exploring and then find another place to go and go visit family uh, all through this aviation, whether it's working in aviation as a pilot at an airline, cargo, or as a flight instructor. I think it's really important. The other thing about being an instructor that's that's wonderful, when I went to the airlines, I was heavily involved in doing so many different instruments, students. I had no issues doing the actual interview process because I was actually, you know, assistant chief at my school and, and just being able to know that instrument knowledge and know that knowledge of aviation when you go for these interviews is so important. But I love being a flight instructor. I know that, uh, you know, Robert, you actually very much enjoyed it. You did it on another level. You went from being a certified flight instructor to actually be an instructor at an airline, didn't you? Yep, yep. I did the online check airman stuff. Uh, it was it was a blast. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And by the way, we talked to you about that, didn't we, in a previous episode about yeah, check Yeah, I, I think that was my Long. debut here. Yeah, it was. It was actually, <laughs> and and that's actually a great episode about being a check airman. Uh, the word you use, the online check airman. What that is is the person that's actually uh, flying the line that actually does the initial operating experience for the pilots does like captain upgrades, uh, recurrent type of training in the airplane. You don't do as much in the simulator, but you also can be a simulator instructor and you can be a, an online instructor, can't you? You can. And uh, it was a, a wonderful experience. And I learned so, you know, I was a flight instructor back in the day and then, and then getting a chance to do that at the airline. Uh, honestly, I learned so much more. And with a decade more of life uh, behind me from when I was a CFI to, to that point, um, it was, uh, that experience to me, uh, really helped mold and shape, shape me. Uh, and I learned so much through that process. So I think I, I love this, this email, uh, that, that came in, um, from, from the person writing this email and it is, uh, 
I like the passion behind it, and I really think that we need people like this uh, to be flight instructors because these are the people who are going to really make a difference for for the upcoming next generation of people learning to fly. Uh, this passion and and the, the wanting to teach. I, I love that about the email. You know what I love is seeing airline pilots show up at an airport, a small airport. They're used to being the most important person in the room, and all of a sudden they come in, and the most important person in the room is the flight instructor. Yep. You know, it really it's a it's a paradigm shift for them. Because that person is the person with the knowledge, that flight instructor. And that airline pilot's coming in to get instructions so that they can go out and fly those small planes again, et cetera. But just realize that, you know, that is really one of the most important people in the world is is that flight instructor. Because not only you're imparting knowledge, obviously, uh, but you're also you can make or break somebody as a pilot very easily based on on who you are and how you teach. And I've seen People destroy people's careers just because of the fact that they they weren't a very good instructor or didn't like the person. Or I've seen the other side where people have been so encouraging and help people move forward in their careers and their flying life. And I'm sure you have too, Robert. You've seen good, quote-unquote, good and bad instructors out there. And we need more good ones, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. And that, I think that's one of the most important jobs of, of the instructor is really uh, give the student the tools to succeed give them the you know the the place to learn and give them uh, that ability where where you're setting them up for success that's a that's one of the biggest things is just setting your students up for success and if you have a passion for teaching that I think that is really going to come naturally uh, to to your job as a flight instructor I think it'll be a natural progression of things and I think that it lead to a very successful career in instructing. So our advice is get the CFI as quick as you can and start teaching. We need more people like you, that's yep. for sure. And look at the and keep looking at the other things. Look at the uh, the whole career and uh, you know obviously through our coaching, especially you know someone who's looking to change careers, we can help you out. Uh, but it's really something you just have to put a plan together, and it might be a really cool mixture of both things. Uh, that's for sure. Um, yep, and I th- I think that their their ability to teach and have that career and then. They want to do it on a side or on weekends. I mean, I, I think that's a perfect environment for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, if you're someone who wants to fly all the time, I get it, you know, and, and do the teaching on the side. That's fine, too. And that's kind of the route I went. I was in a different career, and then I realized I loved flying. I loved teaching, but I want to fly all the time. And I can teach part-time, so that's what I do now. Uh, I didn't think I'd be doing a podcast. I mean, geez, that would take be all encompassing on my life. And, uh, and but it's cool. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I didn't I didn't expect the teaching to go that way to to help people get jobs and stuff like that. And I'll tell you what, another neat thing towards this person's question is I get so much satisfaction when people call me and I, I really insist on people sending me emails and tell me what well, give me updates and stuff. All the people I have in my, my coaching uh, clients. And the one cool thing about it is the fact that when they say, hey, listen, thanks, I just passed my check ride. Hey, I just finished IOE. Hey, I'm flying an Airbus. I'm flying an ERJ. I'm flying a CRJ now. Uh, and when they started off, they, they didn't even know what a, a you know, 182 was, a Cessna or, or any of those other smaller airplanes. And now they're airline pilots, and some became Czech airmen, actually. And some uh, have mo- moved on to bigger and better planes and are, are doing much better than I am as far as in their career, quote-unquote, if you want to look at it that way, and monetarily. And that's truly what uh, you know we're trying to do is we want to we want this career or whatever progression it may be for you 
to be a great career, and that's really important to us. We want you to do better than us. Uh, that that's what we want, and and I think that's really important to get across. That's for sure. Uh, and I know Robert wants that too, and everybody else that's a co-host on the show, and that's why these folks are co-hosts on our show. Uh, do we all have all the answers? No, nobody does. Uh, do we know where to get them? Yeah, yeah, we do. And uh, if we can't answer your question, we'll, we'll find out. Robert, I tell you what, even though we're coming to the end, do you have time for one more question? Yeah, well, let's do cool. it. My, my kids are out at the park and everything. I'm good, man. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a free moment. So. Awesome. Awesome. I think, yeah, that, that's totally cool. It's kind of like being on an overnight. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, one more, and this is a really cool question because we need to explain a little bit in this one. Uh, so, And by the way, for the last question, thanks so much for that question. That was awesome. Uh, anyway, this person continues. First off, I'd like to say that I love your podcast. I'm a delivery driver for a pharmacy, and your podcast has been my go-to for the last few months. The reason I'm contacting you is a question you probably have received a lot. Schooling and which approach to take. I'm currently, I've currently made up my mind that I want to get in the aviation industry as a pilot. A local university, and by the way, if you notice in the questions, I never uh, tell you what the university is, and I know this university talks about very well uh, because I went to school down the road from it. But anyway, a local university has a four-year aviation slash bachelor's business degree program. One of the perks of our university is that it is authorized school allowing you to obtain the restricted ATP with lower hours. Also, they can almost guarantee you a job with one of the regionals. The negative is that it's a four-year program. As I've listened to your podcast as well as Accelerated Flight School podcast, I see that there is a faster way to the cockpit of an airliner. Being that I'm 30 going on 31, I'd like to get at, uh, the ball rolling as soon as possible. Financially, I understand that either route I take will leave me with some hefty debt. How would you go about my situation? Hope to hear back from you. Safe travels. Well, first of all, a couple things here. You know, it's all uh, the four-year programs are great; they're terrific. Um, I like the ones that have kind of a mixture where you know you maybe finish up your bachelor's or your associates and you start working right away, and you can move on to the regionals, and and maybe you do your your bachelor's when you're at the regional. The only caution that I have is that sometimes not having a degree will hold you back, and sometimes you can get caught in the job situation where. You're not going to continue your degree. And, uh, yeah, I get it. You know, why do I need a degree? Well, the airlines want you to have a four-year degree, especially the legacies and the majors. So I want to caution you in that, you know, make sure that you know you're the type of person that will finish that degree. The one good thing about a four-year degree program is you know you'll have it done. You'll have the, re the reduced ATP that you can get, or excuse me, the restricted ATP with the reduced number of hours. But... By the time you get out of your four-year aviation bachelor's, you probably will have 1,500 hours, more than that, flight instructing or whatever, and you'll be able to move on to an airline and not have the restricted ATP. So there, there's some pluses and minuses in here, and having that, uh, the, it all fits into what your goal is and what your plan is. This is why it's important to figure out what's best for you. That's the one reason we start doing the coaching is because, you know, we can't on online talk about this. We can talk in general, but being that, you know, you're in your thirties, uh, early thirties, you want to get to the airlines as quick as you can build the hours as quick as you can. You'll also at some point need to have that four year degree. Is it an absolute hundred percent must that you have it? No, but, um, you're, you want to be competitive because say there's a little bit of a slowdown in hiring. 
Well, the one thing, one of the things they'll do is say, okay, let's just take everybody that has a four-year degree and just throw everybody else out. You don't want to be part of that pool that gets thrown out. Working with somebody right now who doesn't have any, any degrees, finally said, you know what, I'm, I'm finishing up my degrees now, finally. Uh, he's been at the regionals for like 12 or 13 years, finally finishing up that degree. Uh, doesn't have an associate's or anything. I think that's incredibly important. I think also, since you are have you're a little bit older, getting the hours in is really, really important too. So don't think about just what's out there and what's advertised. There's so many other schools out there. You have to do a little research. And like I said, we've helped a lot of people that have looked at the big schools and then realized, hey, I can do this quicker at this airport. And I never heard about this, but it's somewhere near where one of my relatives live and I can live with them and I can get my ratings done and teach there and get my degree at the same time. And all is wonderful. So keep your mind open, basically, is what I'm trying to say. It's a more holistic approach. Now, with that caution, by the way, and I, I really you know, say to you, if you want to get your degree, finish it up if you can. It all depends on, you know, you have kids, et cetera. But we do have somebody on the show. Robert is a good example who uh, was able – I think you finished your association and, and moved on to an airline fairly soon after, didn't you, Robert? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I did. So you, so how did you, what did you do? You, and I know we talked about this before, but you finished your associates and then what happened? So I, I finished that and then I went to, uh, I got on with my first airline and the first two years I was there, I was taking online classes and I finished up at, on, with an online school and an online degree. So I was able to make it work. But uh, like you said, I strongly ca- caution people because I don't know, you know, how dedicated are you to finishing it? What, you know, what kind of worth ethic do you have? Are you able to, you know, have that self-discipline to do that? In my situation, I didn't have a family yet. I wasn't married yet. Uh, I so I pretty much was able to. I was able to go to work, and then I was able to come home without distractions and be able to to do my schoolwork either on the road or at home uh, without those kind of other life. Uh, situations getting in the way. So I really strongly, like you say, recommend getting the degree um, depending on what your I don't know what the, the rest of the, the puzzle is uh, with this individual, but just, you know, only only this individual can know exactly what their life is like, what their daily routine is like, and what other stressors they have in their life to do it. But I'd say choose a method that you know that you have the best chance of succeeding and committing to and then execute that plan. Uh, for me, it worked because I didn't have anything else in the way. Uh, I could solely focus on flying with the airline and getting my degree. Um, but I know other people's situation is different, so you just have to be careful with it. And I think that's great advice, Robert, because I have great examples of where the, the husband and wife got together and they they didn't have kids yet, and they said, hey, we're going to do this, and we're going to move forward, and we have examples of that, uh, even at, at the college here, at Polk State College, and all the other colleges, too. I mean, I uh, I can't tell you how many folks I've worked with doing the coaching where we're in the exact same situation. What's going to happen, though, there's a lot of communicating that has to go on between you and your spouse if you're married, uh, and if you have kids, and a lot of things have to go into the planning when it comes to finances and that type of thing. Uh, so in, in this case and in other cases, I always recommend people, you know, find somebody, we obviously do the coaching, but find someone that'll help you out. that can go through those specifics and get a financial plan together, uh, to move forward. So it's not going to be impossible, but we got to figure out, uh, what's best, you know, and, and just what's best for your situation, just like Robert's situation uh, was terrific because 
you know, you actually, for someone so young, you weren't the norm. And I'd say, because a lot of people don't really have that direction, but you were able to do it at a really young age and, and move on very, very quickly, which was awesome. Right. And only, and only people who know their life can really answer the question realistically of what is the best route to choose. And it really comes down to the individual circumstances. So for me, that path worked great. Uh, I would, if someone in that position, um, I would absolutely recommend it to, um, if, I would just say you have to pick the most realistic plan and you have to stick with what you really feel you're going to be able to work with um, in, in your life and, and what circumstances can get in the way. Uh, so that's – and absolutely, uh, if, if you – if and we've said it before and you just said it, if you want to go on to the majors, you really do. Not that it's a requirement per se, but it is kind of a requirement because it really is going to give you the leg up. I only know – I can count the number of people on one hand that I know that I've gotten to the majors without a, a degree. So it can happen, but it's very, very rare. So you have to pick the you really do have to pick the path uh, that is going to give you the most realistic uh, way of, of, of achieving that goal and then move forward from that from based on what your what life looks like. And I think that's great advice, and obviously we can help you with that. So the best way to take a look at our, our coaching video and, and what we do there. We have a couple of people that will help you out. Also, another thing before – that's our last question, but another thing, Robert, that we have to circle back to. And by the way, thanks for that question. That was awesome. Um, we got to circle back to something that we didn't mention, going back to the – someone asked about the cargo world. Um, and oh, yeah. yeah, we are going to have some people on here and, and there are some very, they're very lucrative jobs. Uh, I know you and I are both working on a couple of people that are going to have on here and trying to get approval from their company. Uh, if you know somebody that wants to be on the show, by the way, we, we kind of guide them through and, and let them know that we recommend they don't talk about who they work for, but in general, talk about the type of plane they fly and the type of job it is. I do have somebody that's flying a 747 right now uh, who's a cargo pilot and has been on the show before. As a matter of fact, he was someone that left the industry, came back to it, went for work for a regional, and now he's uh, flying a 747 around the world. Uh, so hopefully we're going to have him back on. He has agreed to come back on, and then uh, we have a couple other people, both uh, Robert and I know, uh, intimately, you know, good, good friends that are, uh, are willing to maybe talk a little bit about their job as a, as a cargo pilot. It is a different experience. Um, I'll just, to add to that, the guy I was just flying with, uh, old, uh, pilot at Emory, uh, he actually, you know, flying the DC eights and stuff like that. He really misses, uh, some of the cargo because some of the biggest challenges we have at a passenger airline, uh, our, our most precious cargo, and that's the passengers. I mean, it can be very challenging, some of the things that happen. Illnesses, people getting out of control, uh, that, those type of things. There's so many, and other things too, basic customer service issues. Uh, you know, someone's in my seat and they shouldn't be, those kind of things. You're, those are the challenges of the job, and some people, you know, they, they don't, uh, some don't like that. They want to do something different. Well, as a cargo uh, you know, operator, you usually don't have to deal so much with it. The people in the back, because they're all boxes, and uh, don't you hear that a lot, Robert? You know, boxes yeah. don't complain, right? Yeah, and that's <laughs> that's what some some guys who end up in cargo like it because there is no passengers and uh, different strokes for different folks. I kind of enjoy the passenger aspect. Uh, actually, I do enjoy the passenger aspect of it because um, I like interacting with them. But uh, and you get some funny stories too. So, uh, but yeah, um, 
Absolutely. Some of those people who go to cargo go, hey, man, I love it. It's so easy. I, You know, it, it lo- they load it on. I just take the plane and I go. So it, it's different strokes for different st- folks. <laughs> well, and that's why we're going to have somebody on to talk about that, to get some specifics as to the cargo life and that type lifestyle. And like I said, we have a bunch of people, so we'll start hitting that hard and have those folks on as interviews. We've been just concentrating on these questions. And by the way, we're up to February now, so we're we're getting there, Robert. We're, we're trying to bang almost. out these questions. Yeah, almost. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> and uh, and we're, like a, we're, as you know, we're going a little longer on our episodes, and we're going to continue to do that till we get caught up on our questions again, because I, I definitely want to have some more interviews. But uh, anyway, Robert, thanks for coming on again and helping us out. And uh, if you have questions for Robert or for myself, of course, feedback at Aviation Careers Podcast. If you have a specific question for Robert, just say, hey, Robert, or hey, Carl, or whomever else, or or anybody else who's been on the show in the past. This question's for, for Dewey Davenport or whomever. Just you know, tell us that's who the question is for. So anyway, Robert, thanks again for being on. And uh, we'll hope. Yeah, man, we'll def- definitely uh, can't wait to have you on again. But uh Anyway, oh, Carl, Co- yes, before go we go, mm-hmm. I just wanted to congratulate you for making uh, for the podcast making uh, Max List for one of the uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Max List for the, one of the top career podcasts. So congratulations to oh. you. I know you put a lot of work into it. So well, thanks, man. I appreciate you putting that in there. I, I it, this guy Matt, he's been uh, I've been conversing with him. He's a really cool podcast about careers, and he puts on there you know the the best uh, career podcasts out there, and uh, he. I chose ours, and obviously it's for aviation careers. But uh, it's I'm kind of humbled to be on that list because some of the other people on that list have some amazing podcasts, and uh, and obviously have a much a, a broader audience because they talk in general about careers. and uh, And it's been you know really an honor to be on that list, and and you know hats off to them for doing the list because that's believe me, I know I list scholarships, and and it's not an easy thing to to put together. But uh, anyway, thanks for that, Robert. Appreciate it. Yeah, I just uh, know you put a lot of blood, sweat. And tears into this and uh, for all the listeners carl does a ton of work so just i'd like to i'd like to <laughs> congratulate you so well thanks it, it's, <laughs> congratulations it's, thanks man i really appreciate that and uh it's a passion so it's it's not like work it is there are days i will admit it does get to seem like work especially you know now that we we've started so much doing the coaching etc and i know the biggest complaint is it's hard to get in my schedule uh but uh I really, really love doing that. Uh, it obviously isn't for the money. It's just a lot of fun, uh, and I really enjoy that. But the cool thing about the coaching, it allows me, with the money we take from the coaching, it allows us to put more scholarships in the scholarships book, which is pretty terrific. And by the way, those scholarships are for everybody. Uh, people ask me that. I have people in their 50s getting scholarships you know, for additional ratings, et cetera. So make sure you take a peek at that. Uh, anyway, I appreciate your listening. And uh, you know, one of the things that... I think has been really important in all these questions is people are doing something uh, and now taking action and and leveraging themselves and saying, hey, listen, it's time. It's time for me to do something. And the way the reason they did that is something, you know, actually beats in their heart. Uh, There was something that they actually were able to relate to in this podcast through the questions you've been sending us. So if you have more questions, please send them in at feedback at Aviation Careers Podcast. But the most important thing to do, no matter what it is you do in your life, is to take action. Take action today. 
whether it's it's thinking about something, put the the list in your head. You're driving a car right now, obviously. You know, don't pull over if you can't. Uh, you know, write these down. Use your phone to take notes. Uh, if it's something that's in this podcast you want to learn more about with the links, you know, take a look at those links. Link, link uh, I have links to all sorts of stuff. Like at the bottom of all the podcasts, we have links to videos. Uh, we have a link to Piedmont Airlines and their careers. I mean, we have a, a Piedmont Airlines airplane, if you notice in all my videos, I'm in front of that. Uh, and that's uh, they are very much about promoting people's careers and helping. Reach out to people like ourselves. Reach out to these people at Piedmont. The people want to talk to you. Don't be afraid to do that. But what you need to do, you need to start moving forward. You need to start doing that now. So I encourage you to take that one step today to move forward in your career. And we'll talk to you next episode. Safe flying. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although hosts or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.